Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's known. Pierre McGuire's life. Not John's elite. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Jerez not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Rink Moose podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two friends chat about the weekly news of the NHL and its implications in the fantasy hockey world. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my co-host, Kyle Nice. How are you, Kyle? My name's Kyle, and I love hockey. Yes. I'm doing really well, Nick. <laughs> it's uh, This one's a Tuesday night. We're uh, September 11th, um, and we're just coming at you with the Central Division preview today. All yep. right. And like, as, would, uh, yeah, go on. As usual, we'll start at the bottom. Uh, that's going to be Chicago. So uh, if you're ready to go, we'll get going. I am ready to go. What I will say, though, before we get going here is, for the record, I – I think this is the most competitive division of all the divisions in the league. So, so I will just make it known that when, when Kyle and I, well, at least for myself, when I had to put together these, uh, these standings, this was, uh, this was a doozy. So, mm. uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get started. Yeah, I think, yeah, especially compared to the East, this one's a bit more challenging, but I think mm-hmm. I'm going to have more trouble with the Pacific. But, mm. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. And, uh, yeah, so as I said before, Chicago starting up. They, they were last in the Central last year. Their leaders were Patrick Kane with 76 points in 82, followed by Debrinkit with 52, Schmaltz with 52, Taze with 52, and Saad with 35. Eesh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so it looks like that guy Dylan Schmaltz, or sorry, Nick Schmaltz had a good year last year. But, mm-hmm. uh, Nick, I have one question for you. Who is Jonathan Taves? Uh, who is this guy who what did he didn't didn't he make the top 100 players not too long ago yeah he did oddly enough um well how i would sum up this player is a guy who has all the intangibles a hockey player could have mm. he's got he's got the character he's got the leadership you've heard all the stories about him in the playoffs and how he's such a great leader and, and 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 he's he's Mr. Canada, you know. Not a lot of guys can can hold that title, you know. Him, mm-hmm. Crosby, Tavares. You don't think about too many other Canadian kind of leadership players than those guys. Um, but boy, oh boy, is he overrated with his play Ooh. on the ice? When Ooh. when you when you just look at the raw numbers, he is he does not live up to the hype he gets off the ice. Uh, with his results on the ice, that 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 that's what I would argue, and so you have a guy who, in a good year, will hover around sixty points, but of late has 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 certainly not been there, um, and I 
it, it's a it's a it's a it's a tough team to evaluate because you ultimately have your you have your core guys who are who are not getting any uh, not getting any younger. Uh, Taves, Kane, uh, Keith, Seabrook, mm-hmm. Crawford. You have yeah. you have this core that maybe was a great core, you know, f- four years ago, but. You know, now in this new NHL of speed and and, and less so, you know, uh, you know, big body guys, um, it's 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 hard to stack this team up against the rest of the division. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of where I see them at the moment. Yeah, and just to go back to Taves just for a second, uh, just to I'm just looking at his page right now. He he's just turned thirty. Uh, he had his worst career year uh, points wise last year with point mm-hmm. seven points per game. So, yeah, you're right about that. He's going to be more of a 50 to 60 guy. He has been that for a while now. Um, Actually, the only year he went above a point per game was 2012-2013, and he played 47 games that year. So he's never been a points kind of juggernaut like maybe people think he is, Mm -hmm. think he has been. But, uh, again, the intangibles are probably still there. And um, But this team, they did have a, a hard time winning last year. And that is mainly due to their goaltender, Corey Crawford, who suffered a very, very unfortunate head injury. And it looks like it's still bugging him. So actually, when he was healthy, they were doing all right last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. When he went down, they had a whole bunch of uh, like a rotating door of goaltenders. No one could really get it done. And they they found themselves at the bottom of the central. So a quick note on on a key ad, well, somewhat key ad is... They added uh, Cam Ward, who's the veteran out of Carolina, um, just to kind of plug up where Corey Crawford falters. Although, to me, I see this Ward pickup, and uh, I don't know, Ward, Ward hasn't been good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like he had that one kind of cup run in uh, mid-2000s or whenever it was, but uh, Ward hasn't put up any numbers worth uh, worth looking at for a long time. So... I don't know. I don't see this team uh, really improving on their goaltending outlook unless Corey Crawford is fully healthy, which it doesn't look like he is right now. Yeah, his he's kind of he's kind of day to day at the at the moment. We we don't no one really knows his status as of today. Albeit right. we are still three weeks away as of this recording from the start of the season, mm-hmm. but as of right now, it's very up in the air. And and I think if if anyone wanted to make an argument for this team getting into the playoffs, I think it, he is undoubtedly the most important player. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 will carry your team. If Corey Crawford can give this team sixty plus starts. And you can get a rejuvenated Taves, a rejuvenated Keith, mm-hmm. who had an awful year. Keith last year, uh, oh, yeah. draft drafted among you know the top fantasy defensemen, and and he he just plummeted. He had a super low shooting percentage. He couldn't he couldn't buy a goal last year. I think it was almost historically low. Yeah, historically bad. Uh, so much so he actually got kicked off the first power play unit, which oh, is yeah, which which was crazy to hear yeah uh and you know seabrook he you know maybe you get a rejuvenated seabrook mm-hmm. and you know you i sound like a broken record it's a lot of maybes and yep. and the reality is when you got a team with a lot of maybes uh, they're going to be a long shot to, to make it especially in what i consider the toughest division in the league right um and then when you look at what management's doing to to help these players you just you just mentioned ward you know this guy's not a stud goalie. He's 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 a washed up. His his best <laughs> days are behind him. Like this roster in general, yeah. uh, t- 
273 GAA last year, 906 save percentage. Oh. Uh, just, just not great. And then they, you know, they sign a forward in Chris Kunitz, who he does not fit the mold of today's NHL. He, he's not going to add you add any speed. All he's going to do is add those intangibles we've spoken of, yeah, and, depth, and yeah. maybe be a you know a hitter. And he's got playoff experience. That, mm. and he, that's even if you make the playoffs. Mm. Um, so, you know, other additions: Brandon Manning and Marcus Kruger. Okay, great. They add a defenseman, which they certainly need, given you know kind of the mixed bag of rotating D they had to fill, you know, in the five and six spots last year. And and Marcus Kruger, who's back in Chicago, he was there for for their Stanley Cups. So uh, you know, he, he'll he'll be a much needed addition. But I, I, you know, other than just those two, which I, I consider more depth additions, uh, th- this team just leaves much to be desired. Mm-hmm. And I, I gotta I gotta mention this because I'm just on the page right now. I'm just gonna give you Cam Ward's uh, save percentages in the last four years. Okay, so 906 last year, 905, 909, 910, 898. Yikes! That's that's gotta be amongst the, the 898 worst. Wow. Yeah. In terms oh, of the yeah. last five years, that's it's hard. You can't beat that. That's pretty bad. Nope. So needless Very to say, bad. if Crawford's out, this team sinks. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that aging, uh, the aging core, I think it, it's, uh, safe to say this team is in, uh, in transition for sure. They're trying to uh, infuse a, a little bit of youth. And, um, the, I look at this guy, Dylan Secure there, he's a highly touted guy and he's, uh, apparently doing pretty well at their rookie camp and he could get top six minutes on that left side. So yeah, give him a watch, but he's certainly not going to save this team from what I think is going to be another, uh, another stinky year. Yeah, 50, uh, 50, uh, about Dylan Secura, 54 points in 35 games with uh, Northeastern University in the, in the NCAA, which Fantastic. is great, yeah. great for NCAA numbers. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he can add. We'll, they got a very young defense. We'll see how they do in their, in their, in their second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like I said, leaves much to be desired, not likely to make the playoffs. But what I will say is that if there is one division where I could see – you know, all these teams having a at least a slim chance of getting in. I would consider it to be this division because, because okay. like I mentioned, if you get the Crawford for sixty, if you get Crawford for sixty-five games, you get the rejuvenated veterans. You get Patty Kane with the point season, which which could happen. He is Patty Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, call me crazy, but maybe this team can sneak in in a wild card. So, uh, I I don't think it's going to happen, but I would not be surprised mm-hmm. if they found a way to sneak in yeah i've uh, so much is contingent on that Corey crawford's health there because he really was he was fantastic yeah. last year when he was healthy fantastic so yeah if uh, if mm-hmm. he can stay healthy but honestly i i don't know like i think this team i guess you know what they, they still have the core there if they want to try to go for the playoffs sure i think they can uh they can give it a go but yeah Corey crawford is going to be the uh the key here would you uh, where where would you take uh, Mr. Crawford in a uh, fantasy draft? Oh boy! <laughs> or, or would you even would you even take him? Would you would you just let someone else deal with what could potentially be a uh, a nasty fantasy season? Uh you know what? Um, that is a good question. Depending on how big your uh, your league size is, I, I could uh, personally. He's the kind of guy I would take late in the draft as like, you know, uh, stash him on IR. And then pick mm-hmm. up someone else. I think that would be a, that would be a, a, a clutch grab, because then as soon as you get uh, get out of the draft, put him in your IR spot. Well, I think he's still on IR. He's got to be. And then um, 
and then just pick up another free agent. Sure. I can see that being a smart choice because when he is healthy, then he could uh, he could step up. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And and if yeah, let let's say the the Blackhawks are fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year uh, next year, mm-hmm. you could have you could have him for your fantasy playoffs, and he could uh, he could end up really doing well for you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, keep keep tabs on that, and uh, everyone keep an eye on on the status of Corey Crawford. Cool. Oh yeah. So that's uh, that's Chicago, and uh, we'll move up one spot to the Dallas Stars, mm-hmm. and uh, they missed the playoffs last year. Obviously, they were sixth in the division. Their leaders were uh, Jamie Benn with seventy nine points, Tyler Sagan with seventy eight, Radulov seventy two, Klingberg with a great uh, season there with sixty seven points, and uh, and then it drops off with Yanmark at thirty four points. Um, okay, so the Dallas Stars. Uh, first thing that comes to mind when I hear of Dallas is this is a one-line team. Nick, do you have mm-hmm. any uh, do you have any objections to that uh, statement? Uh, I would argue that if they can find a way to kind of distribute that top line of Sagan, Ben Radulov, and kind of spread out the wealth, mm-hmm. and 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 you get a rejuvenated Jason Spezza, who who from what I'm hearing is in a much better mood this year, given Ken Hitchcock is no longer the coach. <laughs> uh, for those who 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 don't who who may be misinformed here. Uh, there was a lot of tension between those two personalities last year. One guy obviously being more of an offensive guy, the other guy being one of the the masterminds of defensive hockey in all the history of the NHL. Um, And so with him taking more of an advisory role in the coaching staff this year and with uh, Jim Montgomery in, uh, you you could see a guy like Spezza, you know, turned loose and, 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 and maybe regain some form. I know he's an, he's an aging, he's an aging player, but, you know, we all know what he's done in the past. So I think if you get a rejuvenated Spezza, you get a v- rejuvenated Valerie Nachushkin, who I, yep. I feel like has been talked about as a, a a stud from overseas for years. He just hasn't really cemented himself just yet. If he can do that this year and live up to the hype, uh, then, hey, I, I think you got a quality top six. I, I think between Ben Sagan, Radulov, Spezza, Nachushkin, and whoever fills that that other sixth role, I, I think you could have a, a, a very potent uh, top six line or top six uh, top six forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a quick note on Jim Montgomery. I, he went on the record to say that he was going to increase the tempo of their offense this year. So mm-hmm. that could mean good things for obviously that top line, Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. They all had really good years last year, but uh, with this new coach who might be a bit more offensive, that could uh, that could even increase their production. So that's uh, that's pretty encouraging fantasy wise for that top line. Um, unless the scenario, yeah, uh, scenario I, I, where, agree. yeah, like where the, if they get broken up that top line, then, uh, that odd guy out is going to suffer a little bit. So mm-hmm. if that does happen, then, and we can't really predict who would kind of drop out of there. If, if I were to guess, I would say probably Jamie Ben. He, he seems like he can maybe carry his own line the best out of the three, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to say who would, uh, who would drop out of there. Sure. Um, and then uh, just a quick word on, on a young, talented rookie they have coming up. His name's Miro Heiskanen. If, mm-hmm. uh, if you guys remember, he was drafted third overall in 2017 behind uh, Nico and Nolan. Um, this guy's super talented. He's going to make the team. Um, he has the capability to take on top four minutes, and he has the talent as well. 
Um, and I could see him taking a lot of pressure off John Klingberg as well. This is a guy that can probably pay, play second-line power play in his first year. And um, and he projects really well, and he, and he plays a pro-style game, even though he's 19, maybe 20. So he's a guy to keep an eye out on like a, on a depth defenseman kind of kind of thing and it's going to help the the stars defense quite a lot as well so so he's a guy to uh to keep an eye on for sure yeah i i i like i like i like i like him as a player he was he was he was brought up in the carlson trade talk so clearly Mm -hmm. a highly touted prospect if if it was considered you know carlson would be involved in a trade for for heiskanen yep um so between heiskanen and klingberg uh, you got two potent offensive weapons there, two two real good puck movers, and then you know you got a stay-at-home guy in Mark Mathot, um, and then the other guys Lindell, Honka, Johns. Don't know too much about them, but yeah. you know I, I I think when you look at the goaltending, and 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 you see that the they signed Anton Kudobin, yep. one of the better backups last season. I think you know regardless what kind of defense you have around those three guys I mentioned. Uh, between Bishop and Kudobin splitting 82 games, I think that's one of the more potent one-two duos mm-hmm. uh, in the in the NHL because the 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 age of Ledinen, Kerry Ledinen in Dallas is over. Um, you know, so I think you know between Bishop and Kudobin, uh, that that's a very potent pair. Yeah, I w- I wouldn't be afraid to pick up uh, Kudobin um, when when he does start in that backup role. He's uh... He was a proven guy last year, and I think uh, I think he could to, do well in Dallas. Right, and yeah, let's not forget Ben Bishop. This is a guy who has a history of injuries. In, yeah, for and sure. so so he will give you quality games when he's on the ice. But when when he's injured, you can now, you know, say, hey, we got a guy who can start twenty five to thirty games and uh, and 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 really really help in that respect. So I think we mentioned the forwards. I think they look great. I think the the, the goaltending's been definitely you know reassuring, uh, like reassured, and uh, and yeah, uh, the defense. We'll see what, it, what what happens with the defense, but all in all, this team looks pretty good to me. And I think we're we're just missing their their probably their most important offseason addition, Nick, Roman Polak, uh, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> has come from the Leafs to save the Stars. Yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. I know he's a good uh, he's a good room guy, and he's even better on the ice. So, honestly, if he can find a top two role there, I think he's uh, th- this this team could could challenge for a cup. Well, yeah, th- this one doesn't surprise me because if you look back to the to the age of Hitchcock <laughs> in St. Louis, uh, Roman Polak was one of his favorite defensemen. Polak had a great run in St. Louis before his uh, his his move to the Leafs. So. Mm. Uh, given the personal connection there, and given Hitchcock is still on in an advisory role for this team, uh, I, I I think he'll make for a quality five six defenseman there. You know, we've we've joked about the guy. He's not, he's not my favorite player. He's long from it, yeah. but uh, I I think he can. You know, he he could serve that fifteen minutes a game uh, fifteen minutes a game kind of role. Uh, add some physicality, especially when you got you know more undersized puck movers in Klingberg and Heiskanen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, between him and Mathot, you got some big guys there, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we wish the best of luck to to Polak there. And uh, all right, I, th- I think that wraps up Dallas. Are you? Uh, do you want to add anything else on them? I I just I think this team's going to be fascinating because I think a lot of people are going to have them in, and a lot of people are going to have them out. And there and there's good points to in both arguments. Um, I just you know I won't get to my prediction just yet, mm. but it, they're a very 
very interesting team that you're going to want to keep an eye on. Yeah, something tells me we have differing dip- opinions mm-hmm. on this one. Sure. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into the, uh, the standings at the end of the show. Oh, okay. yeah. So here's a uh, – oh, my gosh. All right, Nick, I'll let uh, – I'll get you a little excited oh, here with the St. Louis Blues. Is this Blues. my turn? <laughs> yeah. So I'll, right. just, I'll quickly give you a rundown of the, the leaders and all that, and then I'll let you uh, give your, your take on the Blues. Oh, here. you bet. So with last honor. year, they, it, was, it was an awesome game last year. It came down to the very last game, game 82 against the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, I think you know what side I was on. I'm a, I'm a big Avalanche fan. So it went, uh, it went my way. They just missed the playoffs by uh, a single point, I believe. Uh, they were fifth in the Central. They were led by uh, Braden Shen with 70 points, Tarasenko with 66, uh, Schwartz with 59 in 62. By the way, so he had a he had a good year. Uh, Petrangelo had 54, and Steen had 46. Uh, now this is a very very different looking team from last year. So uh, why don't you take us through some of your favorite additions here, Nick? Oh boy, where do you start? Uh, th- this I would argue. You know, the Tavares deal aside, this team had the best offseason of any team in the NHL. Mm. Uh, Dougie Armstrong did a fantastic job with his signings. So we'll start with Ryan O'Reilly, who on any team can be a one or a two center. Great mm. two-way player, good for 60 points. This guy's got character, good northern kid. Um, this the he he's he's gonna he's gonna fit in just well. We still don't know who he's playing with, whether it be Tarasenko or or the first line or the second line. We still don't know. But he, regardless where you slotted him in, this this guy is someone who can be fantastic for your team. You add a Tyler Bozak, a guy who can slot in at number three center. You know, maybe not a one or a two, but one of the better three three centers in the league. Uh, we saw that with the Leafs. He can he can make a presence on the power play. He can make a presence on the penalty kill. This guy just has team player written all over him. Uh, love the Bozak ac- acquisition. You add David Perron, who you know had a great year last year. Uh, you know, in my opinion, maybe played a little better than the player actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, Sixty-six points in seventy games. But boy, oh boy, this guy actually start like he had he had a great start to his career in St. Louis. So he, he it's almost a homecoming for Perron. So yeah. I think coming off a great year last year, now back to a team where you know he, he's not foreign to. Uh, he, he's he's clearly had a had a had a good part of his good chunk of his career here. Uh, I think he's going to slot in well. He's going to give you some depth scoring, second line scoring. Um, you know, maybe won't be on the first power play, but can certainly make his presence known on the on the on the second power play. And then out of nowhere, uh, kind of a late uh, off-season acquisition, you you pick up uh, Pat, Patty Maroon, who mm-hmm. this this guy, I mean, he he's just he's got depth player written all over him. He's got the physicality, he's got the scoring touch. Um, boy oh boy, th- th- this guy just has St. Louis Blues kind of player <laughs> written all over him. He, he 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 can score goals, but he's also not not scared to get you know get his get his dirty work on. And, and and lay some guys out. So, oh, this this team this team looks great. They add Chad Johnson, who who can you know he he's you know not the best goalie in the NHL by any means, but he can certainly be a backup and play his twenty games every year. Um, we saw that you know we saw him have a good run with Calgary a couple of years ago, um, and then of course 
I mean, I haven't even got into the kids yet. You have a guy in Robert Thomas who had 75 points in 49 games last year with London and Hamilton in the OHL. Uh, this guy is one of the most highly touted prospects in in, in the entire league. So you're going to have him as your fourth line center, uh, presumably. And then other young kids in uh, Jordan Cairo, uh, Jordan Schmaltz. Cairo being a, a, another huge point getter, 109 points in 56 games. Uh, Jordan Schmaltz, he, he, we saw him in and out of the Blues lineup last year. Uh, he, he can be a good 5-6 defenseman. So I think all in all, I mean, considering all these, you know, toys the Blues have to play with, this team is going to be one of the best teams in the NHL next, uh, this coming season. And, and I'm, I'm saying that outright, and I, and I feel totally confident in saying that. Oh yeah, that's uh, well. Here's the thing. I uh, I like to give you a really hard time about this team, and mm-hmm. uh, I certainly did last year. That was really fun for me. But I think, in my opinion, right beside the Buffalo Sabers, I think this is probably up there, top three most improved teams of the uh, of the whole in the whole league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really quickly want to ask you about a guy who has seen nothing but bad luck, Robbie Fabry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had a horrible horrible in his young career track track record with injuries uh, is he going to be ready for this year and is can he put together a, a decent season all the news i've heard in the off season is he will be ready i know he had to miss all of last year but all from everything i've heard he will be ready to go for game uh, for game number one and uh boy oh boy when he was healthy and i and i watched him play for this team he was you know, Tarasenko was probably the most explosive player on this team. Mm-hmm. But when you look at like a, a second most explosive, and I'm and I'm not saying best player because you can you know guys like Shen and Schwartz are fantastic. But if you think just in terms of just pure explosiveness, who can get you instantaneous offense? Robbie Fabry's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So you know he he may not get to play on the top six because you got a lot of great forwards there in Tarasenko, Maroon, Perron, Schwartz, Steen. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, even in a third-line capacity, this guy can really, really light the lamp. I mean, I, I see his role being similar to, like, an Andreas Janssen with the Leafs. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily getting top six minutes, but scoring those goals when you really need them um, on, on, on the second power play or the third line, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I have high hopes for Fabry, and, uh, and the same goes for Kairou if he can even slot into the lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see Fabry as one of those guys who flies way under the radar this year, and then uh, and then surprises mm-hmm. a lot of people. Sort of like a "Hey guys, uh, you you forgot about me" kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, like, and yeah, when yeah. he was playing, I I heard nothing but good things as well, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and I he's wanna... always he always he's always been that way. Even in the yeah. World Juniors, he was he was one of the favorites on on Team Canada. So, uh, yeah, go mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about their power play because I know it was it was very poor last year. I think it was thirtieth in the NHL. Um, now I could see I, I look at a guy like Ryan O'Reilly who was actually among the best faceoff men in the league last year. Mm-hmm. I could see him making a huge difference on that first unit simply because he could be that faceoff specialist, getting the guys the puck, getting that possession will make a huge difference. I yeah, I'd agree, and I think you can say the same thing about Tyler Bozak. Uh, we 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 yeah. watched a ton of Leaf games, and and this guy was on the power play for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so between you know having O'Reilly centering one power play unit and Bozak centering the other unit, and then you know placing all these pieces around them, you know you have a big net front net front presence guy in in in, uh, in Maroon. He can slot in on a power play, and then you know you got 
playmakers, shooters. You got, you know, Shen, Schwartz, Steen, uh, Perron, Thomas, Fabry, all oh. these guys can fill this power. I, I was shocked that they were 30th last year. Yeah. But I think that that face off point you brought up is, is, is really is really strong. And I think that can very much change how things go. And, and even on the back end, you've got guys like Colton Pareko, one of the best shots mm-hmm. from the blue line in the league. You have a guy in Petrangelo who ever since Shattenkirk left has really you know, kind of solidified himself on that top PP. You have a guy in Vince Dunn, who's one of the younger underrated defensemen in the entire NHL, I'd argue. Mm-hmm. This, this guy's a great puck moving defenseman. So uh, whew, in terms of just raw power play, all the pieces are there. I just think it's up to Mike Yo and the coaching staff to 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 put the pieces together. And 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 I'd argue of all the coaches in the NHL, Mike Yo is the under the hot seat coach of this of of the whole league. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy who I thought was going to get fired last year when when St. Louis lost that pivotal game 82 in Colorado because uh, he had a great team and and the team just collapsed at, at the last month or two of the season. And so uh, I think it's going to be up to him to to take all these toys, this this team with what looks like great potential, and kind of you know molding it and with his line combinations into a into a championship caliber team. Um, so I I think Mike Yo is a huge personality on this team, and the final personality is our good friend Jake Allen. Oh boy, who <laughs> I I am I staunchly argue that. The potential for this player in his career is so high because in front of him, he has this fantastic team, including one of the better defenses in all the NHL. Joel Edmondson, Petrangelo, Vince Dunn, Colton Pareko, Jordan Smaltz, Robert Bertuzzo, Jay Bomeister. I'd argue those seven defensemen are right up there with any seven you want to pick in the NHL. So the team in front of him is fantastic. He just has to finally find his groove and and put together some consistent numbers because for for so long it's either he's had a great first half and he's had a shitty second half or he's had a great or he's had a shitty first half and a really bad second half so yeah i uh it's it's going to be a very interesting year for uh for our boy jake for sure yeah the 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 arsenal that st louis has this year is is deep to say the least they have they have depth everywhere so um, interestingly, even though they didn't make the playoffs the last year, uh, the expectations will be high, I think, for this team. And uh, I think if they don't find success, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of trouble in that coach's corner there. I agree. So, I, I agree. I, I think he's got the most pressure of any coach, like I yeah. said. So it's, it's going to be a very interesting situation to monitor. And what I will add about Allen is if he does find his way, this is a guy who in fantasy drafts can be a huge sleeper because yep. he right now he's going in around that area where you got guys like Antti Ranta and mm-hmm. Corey Schneider and Mike Smith. He's kind of in that area. And if this guy can just play decent, he doesn't even have to play amazing. If he can just be average, okay, yeah. average, average for a team like this, he could easily put together 30 to 35 wins with respectable splits. Uh, for the season so I think guy you have to really watch out for Jake Allen on draft day and see where he falls and see if you can pick him up like if if this guy in a 10 10 man league is dropping to you know the ninth or 10th round then that that is tremendous value I think that is tremendous value for a guy who has you know his 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 potential is is very high 
Yeah, I second that. That's a very good point. I wanted to ask you one more quick fantasy question on this team. I know uh, a guy, Vlad Tarasenko, didn't have a great year last yeah. year, for his standards at least. Uh, this guy used to be one of the, uh, in the in fantasy circles, one of the most important right-wingers in, in the league. Uh, do you see him having a, a bit of a bounce back this year? He's, he's absolutely a high shot volume guy. I'm not. Was he was he injured last year? I know he played 80 games, but he might not have been feeling. He got it. injured. He got injured around. I think he was playing with an injury about the tail end of season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had him playing through an injury because they were fighting for the playoffs in those last 10 or so games. Yeah. Um. And ultimately, he was. Uh. He, I think he was stretchered off the ice in that final game versus Colorado, which just goes to show you how how much he was. You know, playing with injury. Yeah. But uh. Poof, boy, oh boy, 2014, 2015, 73 points, 2015, 2016, 74 points, 2016, 2017, 75 points. Even in an injury riddled season last year where he was playing with an injury, he had 66 points. Um, shots on goal, 306 last year, 286 Ooh. before the year that, 292 before that, 264 the year before that. Um, what else can be said? Th- this guy is just renowned in my mind as one of those guys who contributes each and every year he doesn't get hurt. Uh, th- th- this 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 guy is really falling this year in drafts. We we mm-hmm. I know the two of us have done some mock drafts, and he he's falling into the late twenties, early thirties. Yep. Uh, uh, I think if you could scoop him up there as a late second round pick or even an early third round pick, you're a guy who when he's on could justifiably be a late. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be all over Tarasenko in drafts and, uh, I, I, I only, uh, I only urge people to do the same. Mm-hmm. High, high value guy. Cool. Yep. We'll, we'll keep an eye on him. So I think, uh, that wraps up St. Louis. And, and, anything else? And just have? what all I think in just terms of just fantasy overall, I think this is the bet, one of the better fantasy teams. I know we've thrown that word around with teams like Tampa and the Leafs, but you know, you could, these are you. There are foreseeably lots of guys on this team, forwards in particular, who could score over sixty points. Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Schwartz, Shen, Perron. You know that that's that's almost six guys who can score over sixty points, which you can't say about a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the back end, you know, a Petrangelo definitely can get over fifty points. Uh, a Pareko, he can definitely crack north of 40 yeah uh other guys here you know vince dunn he could be a sleeper he could get you some uh, power play points because for a long time he was on the first power play unit which uh which was a very interesting development in st louis um and then hey like i said about the goalies do not sleep on uh jakey allen so i think all across the board this uh lots of fantasy pieces to keep an eye on in terms of the, how the blues are yeah it pains me to say it but the blues are looking pretty scary oh yeah Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We don't want to give you too much candy before you eat your dinner, you know? <laughs> All right, now off to uh, a team I'm very fond of, the Colorado Avalanche. So, as I said, uh, what a what a crazy year last year because they, they traded Duchesne and everything changed. They uh, The season previous, they were almost historically bad, just the worst team I've ever seen in my life. And then this year they snuck into the playoffs, and I think that was almost a record of uh, of improvement season to season. Uh, they're out in the first round by uh, by Nashville there, but they made it uh, they made it a good fight. And probably, in my opinion, one of the best storylines in the entire league last year was the the Hamburglar. 
Mm-hmm. The, the great hamburger. That was my favorite game was game five of the playoffs of Nashville, Colorado. Fantastic. But, uh, one, one of the better pure goalie performances you will ever see in NHL playoff history. Yeah, unfortunately, they lost them. They lost them to, to Minnesota. So right. I don't know what this team's going to do next year. Well, they did We're... make they did they did make a pretty important addition at the goaltender position. They, they did for sure. I just uh, I I love the guy. I I I fell in love with him in in Ottawa when he made that historic run. And I think uh, I'm I'm just always going to follow his career, even if he's not playing in the NHL. You know, right? Yeah. So, so I'll just quickly go through the leaders here. You had uh, Nathan. McKinnon with 97 points and 74 wow. should have won MVP in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Miko Rantanen with 84 and 81. Gabe Landeskog 62 points. Tyson Berry 57 points in 68 games. Wow, what a season from Berry. Uh, and Jason or um, Alex Kerfoot with 43. Um, and yeah, you did mention the the key addition they made there, Philip Grubauer. They also added Matt Calvert and Ian Cole as a depth defenseman there. Uh, although they did lose Hamburglar, so that's uh, that 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 hurts. But uh, but Grubauer, he's a very interesting add because uh, Semyon Varlamov is a fantastic goaltender. When when he's healthy, he has been very very good for, uh, for agree. Colorado. And uh, the the big problem with his with him is staying healthy, and uh, that has he hasn't had much luck with that. And we all know Philip Grubauer uh, as the backup in Washington. There, he actually put up some some of the best save percentages over the last three four years of any goaltender in the NHL. So they have a really really solid backup there, and I could see these two splitting time, especially if Varlamov gets injured. And uh, there could be a scenario, it's, it might be unlikely, but if Varlamov gets injured and Grubauer takes it and runs with it, starts playing really well, um, I could see them just sticking with him because he, he's probably their goaltender of the near future. Varlamov's on his last year of his, uh, of his contract. So whether they re-sign him or not, it's up in the air. Um, he's only 30 years old, Varlamov, though, so it's not like he's like a mid-30s kind of guy. But um, I could see them looking at Grubauer as their goaltender of the future. So um, a common knock against this team is that they are sort of like Dallas and that they're a one-line team. They lack scoring depth. Uh, would, you, uh, would you agree with that, Nick? I, I'd, I'd argue that holds more true than even Dallas. I, mm-hmm. I look at this team, and, and I've, I've, I've expressed this concern to you before. I think as a, as a first line, this is arguably the best first line in all of hockey certainly was one of the best lines last year um but boy oh boy after that you're asking a lot of a guy like kerfoot yost and andrew ghetto to be your Mm -hmm. second line and then your third line is is borderline guys you haven't heard of jt comfer vladislav kamenev colin wilson carl soderberg matthew nieto matt calvert this uh it's just it seems like they're just looking for guys to plug up you know loose ends in your lineup and so it, to me, it seems like one of those teams where they're going to, you know, they're going to have a tough matchup on their first line. They're going to have the, the top two defensemen on the opposing team up against this top line. And, and the rest of the team won't be able to to quite get the job done. Uh, so while I like their goaltending duo, and I certainly think a timeshare is, is very smart in today's NHL where you have goalies getting tired. And if one guy plays, you know, 50 games and the other plays 30, I think that would be a, a nice balance for Varlamov and Grubauer. 
Uh, I do like the defense. I, I think it's among the better teams in the league in terms of pure puck movers and Gerard and Barry mm. and, 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 and Eric Johnson. And then you got a Zadorov who loves to throw the body around. You, you make a great addition in Ian Cole, who's more of a stay at home defenseman who can really help those, those more speedy puck movers. Um, so uh, Hey, goaltending and defense. I'm a fan. I just don't, I agree with your point. I, I, I don't see enough enough depth on their second third and fourth line and and obviously with their second power play unit so that that's my concern with this team they just got in last year i, I know they had you know they got lucky and, and they just got in and they and they gave nashville a great run in, in the first round too which a lot of people weren't in, expecting but i think now that you know more teams are aware of, of this team they're they're that it's going to be tough it's going to be tough for the colorado avalanche to re, uh, to replicate last year's uh numbers yeah um yeah like like we said that top line super talented i i think they're maybe right beside the boston line is the best line in hockey um mm-hmm. it's not like um teams are just figuring out about this line la- uh this year they were getting top uh top pairing matchups all year and they were still succeeding so i i do see this top line putting up uh similar success maybe not like um as like maybe not like a hundred point Nathan McKinnon success. Yeah, I don't. But, I don't think so. But it's going to be darn close because like yeah. I th- I think uh, what we saw from McKinnon this is this is the new McKinnon. This is not a blip in the radar. I know it's he set massive career highs, but uh, the guy's always had that raw skill to be this kind of player. Um, and I think he's just finally coming into his form. He's finally found the confidence. He's the guy now. Now that Duchesne's gone, he's finally seeing himself as the guy. So, uh, I, in my opinion, I think Nathan McKinnon's a top three, maybe four talent in the NHL. He's, uh, he's my, yeah, he's you, my you favorite player you, to watch. He you really won't is. hear, you won't hear too different than me on him. I just, what about the other guys? Rantanen was a no name up until last year, and then he kind of came out of nowhere and had a great year. And then Landeskog, this is a guy who, in his career, had never had more. He only, he only had more than sixty points once in in, in his entire career up to last mm-hmm. season. So while, while I'm totally with you on McKinnon, and this is a guy who should go in those top five picks in a draft in fantasy for sure, justifiably so, uh, do you see those other two guys, his supporting cast, replicating that success as well? Uh, for Rantanen, I, I absolutely see Rantanen as a point-per-game guy. We have to keep in mind he's only 21 years old. He was drafted in 2015. Uh, last the the previous year in 2016-17 he put up a 0.51 points per game so he was just kind of fi- that's called that his rookie year he was just kind of figuring out the league um, but when you when you watch the guy he's got uh, he's got a really really smart uh, hockey mind and he can play with a guy like Nathan McKinnon where everything's fast everything's full throttle so um, so he's he really benefits from McKinnon's kind of coming out party and I think he's got the talent to stay up there. Um, and I think Landeskog, he's probably, he's not at the same talent level, but I think he is a guy who's just going to be a passenger on that line, not in a bad way, but he's going to feed off their success. And he's also going to be on that first unit, which is Mike, the first power play unit's just deadly too. So, um, look for a point per game from Rantanen, in my opinion, and Landeskog 55 to 60 is a safe bet, but I, I could see him putting up over, over 60 for sure. And what do you think of the rest of this offense? Um, the 
this season for Colorado is going to be very contingent on guys in particular like Jost and Kerfoot, in my opinion. I think I look at those guys as um, the most potential to be good secondary scoring guys. Uh, Jost had little flashes of, uh, of brilliance uh, throughout the season last year and in the playoffs. We saw him at the World Championships too with Canada. So this guy, he's got the talent. It's just putting it together at the NHL level. It's not 100% there yet. If he does make that jump, I like that second line because Kerfoot looked, he looked really good last year. It was his rookie year as well, and he put up 43 points. And he's a he's a guy they got out of college. So uh, if those guys take uh, conceivable growth, which uh, which would make sense for them, then I could I like the second line, and I, I see the third, fourth line as guys maybe that can kind of tread water, so to speak. So in a way, yeah, it, it's more of a one-line team, but... Uh, if they have success this year, it'll be on guys like Jost and Kerfoot. So if, if those guys falter and it is a one-line team, I'd say bubble team, and they're going to really challenge for a playoff spot, but I can't guarantee something like that. Yeah, I, I just, you, you mentioned Jost and, and, and Kerfoot, and that's great, and, and they might, they would do their part, but the rest of this team, it just doesn't look on par to the to the offensive depth of, of other teams in this division. I mean, I I can't I can't really have that much confidence in guys like Sven Andrew Ghetto, who was almost a healthy scratch in Montreal, and then other supporting cast guys like Comfer and Kamenev and Wilson. I mean, uh, it's just I I don't know. They got it. They got it. They got to get some more forwards on this team. That 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 would be be my only advice for Joe Joe Sakic and his staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, another thing that, that frustrates me about this team is they have excellent, excellent prospect depth at D. At D, yeah. But the forwards, like I'm, I'm just looking at the young guys. They have, they have, they have Kamenev, and uh, and you know what? I, I can't think of any guy like they drafted Martin Kaut this year, but he's a ways off. Um, I can't think of a guy who could step in and and help out this roster in the in the near future. They they need to draft better um, better forward depth. But I'm yeah. so so excited for that for that young talented blue line, and and Sam Gerrard is one of my favorite guys to watch for sure. He's uh he's he's pretty silky. So yeah, just just to wrap it up there, um, we're we're gonna keep a close eye on the goaltending, which I think will be a, a really good storyline, um, and I think that top line is gonna tear it up, and this team's gonna it's gonna be a bubble team. They're gonna be in a battle all year, and uh, there, there's new expectation for this team. Last year they had no expectations at all, and they just kind of they just kind of went for it. Now that they've made the playoffs, people are going to have uh, pretty pretty high expectations for them, especially their their fan base. So, yeah, definitely a team I'm going to personally watch quite a lot. So I'll keep you guys informed for sure. Okay, moving on to the Minnesota Wild here. They finished third in the Central last year, and they were out in the first round by the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, they they put up more of a fight than maybe some people thought. Um, Eric Stahl had a really good season last year with 42 goals, 76 points. Uh, Granlin had 67, Zucker had 64, Suter had 51, and Dumba had 50. And uh, most notably, they added the Hamburglar as a depth goaltender. So when obviously when Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock go down, inevitably Hamburglar will, will get them to the promised land. Uh, of that, course, that's without question. Um, other than that, I'm seeing guys. I'm, I'm seeing this roster, and it kind of gives me the feeling that these guys are uh, are getting a little up there in, in age. 
I'm looking at their center depth as uh, Koivu, Eric Stahl, and a guy named Erickson Eck. Er- Erickson Eck's the young guy, but uh, guys like Parise, Koivu, Stahl, Suter, they're all kind of getting up there, and that's kind of the main core of the team. So uh, I don't know. Like To me, I-, I can see this team falling back a bit. I'm not sure Stahl can repeat his uh, his really good season last year. He had the highest shooting percentage of his career at just over 17%. So uh, I don't see as many goals, and I don't see as many points either. Um, but yeah, like w- Nick, what do you make of these these guys like Koivu, Parise, and Suter? Can they carry that same workload that they've that they've been doing? Well, I think ever since that big off season where they brought over Suter and Parise in, in the one summer, uh, it's it's been kind of a new team there in Minnesota. And it's kind of gotten – it's the same script with this team every year. They seem to put together a pretty good regular season. And then come playoffs, they're pretty much first round and bust. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, additions, they, they pick up a Greg Pattern, who's a good shutdown D from Dallas. Mm-hmm. You get an Eric Fair who can be a fourth-line center. He played the fourth-line center for the Leafs for quite some time and was was okay. You get you get Hammond as an insurance policy in case Staylock or uh, – Dubnik go down Mm -hmm. Uh, you have some great prospects in uh, Jordan Greenway 35 points in 36 games with uh, Boston U all I've heard is good things about him he also played in the Olympics for the US as well so that was some great experience Uh, I think this is a you know a a guy who this team's been missing because you have these kind of you know undersized kind of you know just average players, like just not overly physical, you know, in, in Parise's and Koivu's and Charlie Coyle's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, 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 you know, a guy like Greenway, like your kind of classic power forward in hockey, I think he can really carve out a role on this team. Um, and then another guy I want to talk about is Nino Niederreiter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, injured a lot of last year, but this is a guy who could very well play on the top line when he's healthy, he, he's shown he can be a, a, a top-end talent who can put over 60 points. At the World uh, Championships this past summer, uh, nine points in 10 games. So that was uh, you know very, very good to see from him. So I'm just hoping this guy can have a healthy season and, and really contribute. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. You, you asked me about the, this team and, and these Koivus and the Parises and the Suiters and kind of that core of the team. I, I still think... I still think they're good enough, um, but you know, like we said with Chicago, they're not getting any younger, and uh, their time's running out. I, I don't see the window with this team being as open as you know other teams in this division, like Nashville and Winnipeg. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a very interesting team. I I, I think just like with you know, Colorado and Dallas is, I think you'll have a lot of people saying this team can get in and a lot of teams, a lot of people saying they, they won't get in. So it's kind of a 50, 50 in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, they do have some interesting young guys here. Matt Dumba really took a step last year. Oh yeah. 50 points. He looks like, he looks like the real deal. It looks like he's there to stay. So, Oh yeah. Uh, he, he's definitely a guy to, to watch in, in your draft. Uh, Mikhail Granlund had another good year. He's, he's a a, a safe bet for uh, around 70 points as well. But uh, honestly, when I look up and down this roster, the, the, the feeling I get is it's kind of boring and it's not really going anywhere. Your, your core is, is aging. They're not, they're obviously not going to challenge for a cup, no matter who they pick up at the trade deadline. Um, 
it looks like a team that's just on the cusp of a transition because I think they do have some good good young pieces. Like the guys I mentioned, this there's also a guy named Kirill Kaprizov who is not going to be here this year, but he's a, he's a super highly touted guy. Uh, Greenway is going to step up, but it looks like this team is maybe going to make one more go at the playoffs, and then I could see them dropping uh dropping dropping out of the the standings a little bit so um yeah just not uh, not a very interesting team to me it doesn't look like they have a lot of um top end potential in terms of uh the ability to challenge but uh you never know they, they've got some some good talent on the roster Dubnik's solid year after year uh he's put up uh, on average 920 uh, and the 236 in the last three years on average. So he's a solid guy. Um, Stalock's a decent backup. But uh, yeah, just not uh, not a whole lot interests me on this team. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think big picture, like years to come, I, I definitely think this team is in transition. But I think if you just look at it as a one-year lens, like mm-hmm. just evaluating the Minnesota Wild for the 2018-2019 season, I think I still think this team is one of the better teams in the division because you have the every player I'm about to list off is still a quality player. Stahl, Parise, Zucker, Granlin, Koivu, Niederreiter, Greenway, Coyle, JT Brown, who I liked when in, in Tampa, and, and, and Eric Fair, and then on, on defense, Suter, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Dumba. Those are all quality defensemen. And then, like you said with Dubnik, I, I think the days of kind of saying, oh, well, Dubnik's a fluke. He, he was awful in Edmonton, and then he, he, you know, he had a good season in Minnesota. I think that 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 argument is is done with. I think this is now a guy who you know consistently what he's going to give you. Um, so I don't know. And and you got a guy in Luke Cunnan, who who's a prospect as well, who I haven't even talked about. So I still think in terms of just this year, um, th- th- this team looks in pretty good shape to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see them making. I-, I could see them again being on a bubble and, and challenging maybe a team like Colorado for a- for a spot. Uh huh. So. And now I'm I'm gonna pose you with a question, Kyle. Sure. Or not so much a question, more so. I just want your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Is this a? How would you read into this? Because I did some research and I thought this was pretty fascinating. Okay. Bruce Boudreaux, our good friend Bruce Boudreaux, Love the guy. obviously <laughs> known for his antics during that Winnipeg season of, you know, I'm, I'm sure plenty. <laughs> yeah, people made a gif of that. <laughs> it, it was it was the gif of of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, last. that's my favorite moment of the season. <laughs> it was fantastic, but as as much of a fool as that little clip made him look like. I think if if you eva- mm. I I did some research and I was like Bruce Boudreaux, I, I looked up his coaching record. This guy has coached for 10 years. He's coached mm-hmm. from the 2017 season to the 2018 season. Mm-hmm. And in every year that he's coached, he has made the playoffs except for one season. Wow. 10 of 11 seasons, Bruce Boudreau made the playoffs. The only year he did not make the playoffs was a season where he spent half the season with Washington half with Anaheim and he didn't make the playoffs but when Bruce Boudreaux stays with the team for the entire season he has made the playoffs each and every year wow yeah Bruce has got to be doing something right he's got to be doing something and and playoff success (laughs) hell hell it's not there because it wasn't there with Washington (laughs) it wasn't there with Anaheim and it sure as hell hasn't been there with Minnesota 
But I, I think if you just consider 82 games and what, what, he's, what he's done with his groups, and he, he always just finds a way to get his team into the playoffs. Mm. And so not to get into my prediction just yet, but I read very much into that, uh, into that little stat I just threw your way. Uh, I'll be honest. I, uh, I, I don't read into that much at all, to be all honest. Right. I, just, uh, I, I chalk that up to a good coach who's mostly been on decent teams his, in his career and maybe, maybe suffers a little when, uh, when picking key matchups against a playoff team. Maybe. Uh. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't change my opinion on, on where I think the team will finish. Put it that way. It, it's an interesting stat for sure. And I, and I love you, you got that Bruce Boudreaux gift back in my head, which I can't thank you mm-hmm. enough for. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, as soon as we hang up the, the phone here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what I I'm kind of want to pull it up right now. <laughs> oh, my God. We were watching that game together. I think we watched yes. it about 20 times, that little clip. <laughs> I, uh, I do not think you're wrong. That was that was like grade A camera work <laughs> from whoever the hell got that shot. Yeah, if if you, if you guys want to check it out, just I I'm sure you could just type in Bruce Boudreaux uh, freaking out and you'll yeah. find something that's the same. Yeah. They need it, to start every Minnesota game. They need to start <laughs> getting a, a camera on him for the entire game and just put it in the corner of the screen and just have a Boudreaux cam and it, it would be wonderful. Maybe maybe that's why we that's why he gave me that stats. Maybe he's a, he's a cool, calm, collected guy. Actually, no, no, he can't be. <laughs> yeah, I just think maybe in the playoffs he just loses his cap just a little too much. Oh yeah, and he just oh. blows it, and the, and the players are like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, I, I I do not think you're wrong there. You know what? That makes this a team to watch. I Definitely. changed my mind. Night in and night out. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Bruce, and uh, and the Minnesota Wild. We'll be, we'll be keeping a close eye on you. You wish you the best. But let's let's move on to a, a whole new class of teams, Nick. We have uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. Right. Second in the division last year with 114 points. 114. That's pretty good. Uh, they lost in the West Finals to Vegas. Uh, their leaders were Wheeler with 91, Line with 70. Uh, 44 goals, by the way, there for Line. Ehlers had 60 points. Shifley had 60 in 60, so point per game exactly. Uh, and Connor, Kyle Connor had a sweet year with 57 in 76. Definitely nothing to uh, to ignore there. Um, in terms of losses, they do have one major loss, and that is Paul Stastny. Um, and that that'll hurt that'll hurt the the center depth a, a little bit, I think. Uh, they do have Brian Little who can fill in that gap if need be. Um, but even more interesting, I think, is uh, a guy named Jack Roslovich. Mm-hmm. Who uh, he they they think extremely highly of him. I've heard nothing but great things. He finished the year on about of about a point five point per game last year. But uh, this is a guy that could legitimately contend for a second line center position. He's uh, they they say he's that good. I don't know personally. I don't have much experience watching him, but uh, that's what I've been hearing from this guy. So if he does get into that role. And you look at their their top six forwards. My goodness, he's got potential to really light the lamp in that uh, second line center role, um, because I've 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 also seen that Brian Little does not have a lot of chemistry with guys like Line. I know they've tried that kind of uh, that kind of connection, and it hasn't worked out in the past. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Jack Roslovich there. But uh, 
I mean, we don't need to tell you this. You can look up and down this roster, and there is not a lot of holes, if any. Uh, Hellebuck's coming off a Vesna-caliber season. Oh, yeah. Um, Shifley's uh, amazing. If he can stay healthy, that's even better. Uh, Line is the next best scorer in the league. Ehlers is uh, is as fast as anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, and the ultimate power forward. Uh, Bufflin, the, one of the scariest defensemen, if not the scariest in the league. Uh, Myers, Truba, like you can go on and on. This team is poised and ready for a uh, for a real cup run. Oh yeah, I, I think it's got to come in the in the next year or two because because yeah. they. they the the GM there Sheffield Day Off he he's he, they're they're up against the cap they got yep. it they got a lot of money there and they got a lot of guys on expiring contracts and it's going to be tough to keep them all together it's almost like Chicago during you know that dynasty there mm-hmm. where they they had all these you know they had all this depth and then slowly slowly you had to you had to start giving these their big guns money and and, and all the supporting cast members like their their predominantly their defense kind of dwindled away. And so you're going to have a hard time keeping players like, you know, Tyler Myers on your team when you want to hand out, you know, nice extensions to guys like Line A and, 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 and you know, and you just signed Wheeler to an extension. So uh, I think the window is shorter with this team than most people think. And, uh, you know, with that said, that might sound negative, but with that said, I think just like we said with Minnesota, if you just evaluate the team for what it is this year, this is one of the better teams in the National Hockey League. I think Hellebuck is a stud. He showed me a lot in the playoffs. I, I didn't watch this team a lot in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he, he really showed me this. He could be a, a, a an A-level goalie in the NHL. Uh, they bring in a Laurent Bossois, who I don't even – he was an awful backup in Edmonton. I, I yeah. have no idea how he still has a job in the NHL. But that does bode well for Hellebuck owners in fantasy. I think he could easily start 65 to 70 games and and really and, and really and really shine. Um, and then yeah, I think for, in terms of just raw forward depth, this is arguably the best team in the NHL. I, could could you disagree with that? I would definitely not disagree yeah. with that. That uh, this forward group is is fantastic. Oh fantastic. yeah, skill, character, size, speed. They've got it all, and mm-hmm. uh, and and the defense it's good enough. You, you, you Bufflin, I, I you know Bufflin's Bufflin. Tyler Myers, he's been a great fit there ever since coming over from Buffalo. Jacob Truba, great young defenseman. Josh Morrissey, he showed me a lot in the playoffs. I didn't mm-hmm. know a lot about him. Dmitry Kulikov, he was good. He was a good defenseman in Florida. He only has to be a five-six guy in Winnipeg. Uh, the defense is good enough. The goaltending's good enough. And the the forwards are among the best in the league. So, kudos to to this organization for for getting it done last year. And I think you're going to see more of the same in Winnipeg this year. I think it's going to be a a very strong year. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a quick fantasy question I want to ask because this sure. has been getting brought up a lot. Um, Blake Wheeler had uh, had a really really amazing year last year, and uh, he he did miss all that time with Shifley as well because Shifley only played sixty. Um, I think he was around the 92 point range, if I'm not mistaken there. Uh, the, the question is, can he repeat something like that? And, and how do you rate him against other right wingers? Uh, just the main thing I want to point out is he did get 40 power play points last year, which is kind it's kind of crazy high. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So, um, 
that to me looks like something that could probably fall down to about 30, 32 ish. That's that's like the usual for a, for a star player. Um, and look for him to kind of fall back to his three year career average, uh, about a point per game, maybe just over simply because, because of all that talent he has. So if you're going to draft him, draft him for about 82 to 87 points. That seems a bit more reasonable than, than the 92 he put up. Which is still fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 you, it's you, top you, five you right winner take. for sure. But yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I, I wouldn't expect over 90 points again. Do you, do you have his numbers in front of you? Uh, yep. Give me I was, one No, second. no, don't don't look at them. I want to ask you a question. I got them here, yeah. Uh, don't look at them. Okay, yeah. No problem. No he, problem. Had, he had 91 points last year, right? Okay. Guess how many goals he scored? Uh, 25, maybe? You see, I'm surprised to see that. He only had 23 goals. So clearly this guy's more of a mm-hmm. distributor of the puck than a, uh, than, a, than a goal guy, even though his shots per game, uh, his shots per season is hovering right around tw- 250. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to get the power play time. He's going to get the shots. He's going to, you know, get plenty of assists playing with whoever he plays with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think Wheeler, he's consistently put up points 78 points 74 points 91 points uh he he is as consistent a wing as as they come in the nhl and uh healthy too healthy oh yeah very healthy uh so i i think in terms of just conservative smart you know maybe not the sexiest name because he's not young but just boy oh boy in terms of just consistency raw fantasy consistency this guy's right up there so I'd yeah. say get get. Uh, I I'm buying into the Wheeler stock. I just don't think you 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 should expect another ninety point season. I'd agree with you. Uh, I'll ask you a personal question, Nick. This one uh, this one's gonna hit home. Uh, Wheeler or Tarasenko? Tarasenko. Ooh, that was I, I quick. Think, that was really yeah, quick. No, I I don't need to think about that. Wow. I, I've, I've watched the latter player. I've watched him more than the former player, and 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 albeit there may be some bias there, but I just think I think the upside uh, with you know the the bounce back season that could be, and just the explosiveness of the player himself, um, I I think Tarasenko will almost assuredly have over eighty points. Uh, Wheeler, we'll see, um, but it's a very close debate. Like it, it's not like he's he's. Just because I answered so quick doesn't doesn't mean you know he's that much better. Right. I just think I just think I've seen more of Tarasenko. I like the player more. I like the style of the player more. He's going to get over 300 shots. Wheeler's going to settle for about 250. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's a close it's a close call, but I but I think Tarasenko takes it just just because you know he he's such a talented player. Plus the goal scoring is at a premium too. He puts up those goals oh, and, yeah. uh, and the points too. You got it. Yeah, goal scoring is a premium. He could easily score 40. Uh, Blake Wheeler, not so much. We just talked about mm-hmm. 23. You thought he only had 25. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's safe. And where is Wheeler going in drafts? Do you, do you, do you happen to know that? Yeah, he's kind of going actually very similar to, to Tarasenko, like so late 20s, second. early 30s? Yeah, late second, early third kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a fun little debate to have, but mm-hmm. – um, yeah, I, you, you would definitely see me picking Tarasenko. Yeah. Me personally, I, I would agree, but, uh, I, I have, it, it's hard. It's, it's super hard. Mm-hmm. And if, if I want those peripherals, I'm going to go with Tarasenko and I want the well, goals there too. And, and don't forget Wheeler had a, he, he had an impending contract year, right? Yeah. Or, or, or 
or yeah, so, so yeah, he c- just contract year last year. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's always that extra motive from a player to right. over contribute. So the 91 really you know speaks out to you. But mm-hmm. then when you've looked at you know player trajectories, point trajectories after signing contracts, it's usually you know not as good once they've signed that big deal. You know. Well, I think it's seven years, seven million, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, you, like we said, at nauseum, don't expect the 91, but you can certainly expect around 80. Yep, fair enough. I think that wraps up Winnipeg, don't uh, don't you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think we both uh, we both like the Jets for this coming year. Mm-hmm. And moving on to the Nashville Predators, uh, they were number one in the Central last year with 117 points. Uh, they were defeated by Winnipeg in round two of the playoffs. That was a that was a good series. Uh, Forsberg had 64 in 67. Arvidsson had 61. Subban had 59. Johansson or uh, Ryan Johansson had 54. Roman Yossi had 53. Um, not a whole lot of roster moves here. They got guys like Zach Ronaldo, uh, Jared Tenorti, Dan Hamhuse, who's <laughs> I guess they're just even stock stacking that uh, that uh, bottom pair even more. Oh yeah, and uh, and Matt, uh, Rocco Grimaldi, I guess. Uh, hmm. So another another depth kind of guy. I don't know if he's going to make the roster. Um, the other guy of note is uh, rookie uh, Ellie Tolvanen, who's very highly touted. He's got a decent chance of making the roster if he does. Look for him to get third, probably fourth line minutes, and he's a left winger. So. Um, so keep an eye on that uh, in, in training camp. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, it's much the same team as last year. You've got probably the best defense in, in the game. Mm-hmm. And you've got uh, some some decent forward depth, but it's not going to knock you on your pants kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, that you got a, a goalie in Rene who's, who's getting a little bit older, but he did win the Vesna last year. Uh, it was kind of uh, kind of a weird thing because he kind of, I'd say he blew it in the playoffs just a little bit, and then he won the Vesna just a couple weeks later. So, so yeah, we'll we'll see how he can kind of perform with UC Saros really knocking on the door as as the next guy who's super mm-hmm. talented, uh, and and definitely one of the better backups in the league. So, look for Pecorini to maybe give Saros some more games this year, um, and then other than that, yeah, you've got. Uh, You've got just a dynamic top four and, and a solid forward group. Yeah, I, I think all across the board, this is the Nashville you've come to know. A, a mm-hmm. very balanced squad who over the course of the regular season has looked great. They just can't seem to get it done come the big dance. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I see the center depths there. Johansson, Turris, Benino, Yarncroke, the D, best in the league, goaltending. Rene, reigning Vesna Trophy winner. Yeah. Um, UC Saros, the backup, all we've heard is great things about him. So not much to say about this team. This is very much the same team. All they've done is lost players. Mike Fisher, who, you know, he was on his last legs. Alexei Yemlin, you know, didn't really do much as a 5'6 defenseman. And Scotty Hartnell, who was getting up in age and, uh, you know, wasn't really contributing all that much. You add a Tolvanen, who I think will add some depth forward. Like, I think if this team had a need, it was some score, like some scoring depth. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I know they added Kyle Turris last year in that trade with Ottawa. You know, he didn't quite contribute as much as, you know, a lot of people wanted from him. Uh, so Tolvanen can certainly step in and, and, and do some things. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think 
you know, with, with that addition, uh, it's definitely going to help. It's, 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 it, it can only help. And, uh, I think you can expect to see, uh, another strong regular season from, from the predators. What happens in the playoffs? We'll see. But, uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think right now, uh, things are looking pretty good. Yeah. I, I just want to point out something that, that something jumps off the page to me when I look at the roster from last year. Um, we have Forsberg set a career high with 64 points in 67 games. So I think um, if anything, and I saw him a lot in the playoffs last year, I think Forsberg is primed for probably a career year uh, just based on last year and, and, and the skill level as well. So if I'm looking at Forsberg, I see a, a guy who uh, you could probably get good value for in your draft because I'm, I'm definitely pegging him for 70 plus points and, and 30 plus goals with those good peripherals because he's a guy that can hit and put up decent shot volume as well. Yeah, I uh I think you're right, but I, I also think historically you've you've definitely been higher on this player than I have been. Mm-hmm. Um I just whenever I see Nashville forwards in a in a fantasy respect, I always hesitate a little because yeah. uh I, I do realize how much of their scoring comes from the back end. And you know when you've got four quality offensive defensemen in Subban, and 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 Yossi and Ellis and uh, Ekholm, it's just I I kind of refrain from drafting players. I, I I've drafted Johansson in the last two years, and he hasn't quite put up the numbers he did in Columbus, which is for you know I I really believe is because of the way Nashville plays, and mm. and I think Forsberg kind of does fall into the same trap. But yes, if you were to single out. A, a strong, the strongest offensive player on this team, uh, who has the most potential, especially you know, with, like you said, with 64 points in 67 games last year, almost point per game pace. Uh, Philip Forsberg's the guy to own. I just think around him, you know, I think that's why you're not seeing a lot of Nashville forwards that high in drafts. It's it's for that very reason I mentioned. Yeah, uh, let me ask you another fun one: uh, Subban or Yossi? I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who who gets a higher shot volume? Because I'm 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 pretty sure Yossi shoots Yo- the puck more. Yo- no. Yeah, Yossi shoots more. Subban hits more. Yeah. He okay. And then yeah, in terms of first power play, second power play, I don't think you can really read that much into this team because mm-hmm. it, they often kind of spread the wealth with their defensemen. You know, Ellis, Yossi. Uh, so it it it, it oh boy, it, it's really tough to say. I know both guys don't really get that injured historically. Subban definitely, for sure, does not get very injured. Right. So I, I think I'd have to go Subban. Just, just mm-hmm. I think the injury factor would 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 because I know Yossi misses some games from time to time, but Subban, with his time in Montreal and his time in Nashville, he's just been such a rock, uh, staying healthy. So I think just by a by a hair, I'd have to go with Subban. Fair enough. Yeah. The numbers are, are so similar in, in so many ways. Again, Yossi's probably the, the, the shooter, and Subban hits a little bit more. Uh, ice time, similar. Power play time, similar. Um, if any, I think in my defenseman, I, I like more shot volume. Sure. That's kind of what I look for, and then I think I can just replace the hits uh, you know, here and there with a, with a scrubby pickup kind of thing. So yeah. as close as it is, yeah, I'll, I'll take Yossi just by a hair, but uh, both these guys – suit like real really good defensemen so. and 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 in all f- fairness nobody forget about ryan ellis 32 points in 44 games oh, that is yeah. that is sneaky. that is fantastic because so he only sneaky. joined 
he only joined the league come January 2nd. Yeah. And he put up 32 and 44, which is just nuts. Wow. I mean, that, how, how, how does he maintain that pace? I have no idea. Um, especially when in a depth chart sense, you'd, you'd expect those two guys we just talked about to, to be higher than this guy. Yeah. So I think in terms of sneaky defensemen that you can draft who could slot in as your three or four and play better than the average three or four or produce more than the average three or four, uh, watch out for Ryan Ellis because those stats don't lie. You may call it a fluke, but mm. that is that is something to at the very least, you know, read into a little, you know. Yeah, good call. I totally forgot about that. He had yeah. yeah, he had one hell of a short season last year. Wow. Oh yeah. So it's scary what he could do over a course of eighty two if he can just stay healthy. So yeah. Uh, Keep yeah. an eye on him. What uh yeah, if if you notice him start to fall or 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 you're looking for that fourth defenseman, maybe even third, yeah, I w- I would pick him up for sure. Yeah, almost almost certainly. He might not get you the the elite power play points but uh, everything else he should he should be just fine for yeah uh yeah i could i could only agree perfect I, and i uh, i guess that kind of wraps up uh wraps up the central definitely an interesting uh interesting division a lot of a uh, lot of movement could occur but i guess we'll get to our uh the big grand finale the standings of our of our central divisions if you want to go first that would be uh that would be fantastic well, do you want to just present our predictions or do you want to run them down and mention who we think is seven, who we think is six, who we think is five and stuff? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. that. Sure. I think So I think this first one's pretty easy. Who do you got seventh? Chicago Blackhawks. We got Chicago Blackhawks. So, yeah. you know, like I, like I said earlier, they could make a run and I would not be that surprised. But just putting the rosters on paper today and looking at all seven, this team is certainly, you know, the weakest on paper. So they got to be seventh in my mind. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets interesting. Early. It gets interesting early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to uh, have different answers here, I, I, I guarantee. Yeah. Oh, I think so. Uh, number six, I have the Colorado Avalanche. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> you prick. Yeah. You I, are, uh, I just, you're a prick. I, we, we talked about the forward depth, and uh, I don't think it matches up with these other teams. Um, and... You know, they don't have one legit goalie. They're kind of going with a 1A, 1B thing. Um, I think they played, you know, you could argue they played a little over their heads last year, and they just Ooh. got it. So uh, this is, I know, I knew you weren't going to like this, but, uh, and may, hey, maybe it's not, maybe I'm not shitting on the team so much. Maybe I'm just shitting on the quality of this division. Because if this team were in the Pacific, things might be different. But, uh, but hey, in, in this t- tough division, what I consider to be the toughest division in hockey, the Colorado Avalanche, sixth-ranked team. Mm. I have. <laughs> you want you want to guess what I have? Uh, I would guess you've got uh Minnesota. Yep. Okay. Minnesota Wild. Yeah. That's to me, uh, I uh, they just they bore the hell out of me. I think the the old guys are old. They're one suitor injury away from being in, in deep trouble. Uh, Stahl's not going to do what he did last year. Uh, their young guys aren't ready to take take big roles, and I, I just look at the talent that's that's above them. Like you said, it, it's going to be a tight division. I'm not saying they're going to be out by a mile. I'm saying they're going to be very close. But I just think uh, the other teams have just a little bit more. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. 
agree with the not sexy like that you look you run down their lineup and there's not a lot of like good you know young sexy players on that team but uh but boy oh boy i i just you know i see the depth i see the depth on defense i see the the number the the number one i see the number one goalie i see the the guys who will contribute offensively you know like i said they're not flashy names but they they are still you know they are still names that can contribute in today's nhl and and i can't discount that and i also can't discount they repeatedly make the playoffs they find a way to get in and I know you don't want to read too much into that coaching statistic, but this guy is a mastermind at getting teams <laughs> into up. the playoffs. He just does. He's he in. does. And oh. and I and I wish I could explain it further than that, but he the just turtle. he gets it done. And if he sticks with this team for the full year, and the only reason he wouldn't is if you know they have a colossal failure and he's they he's fired early. halfway through the year. But if they don't suck early and he play and he's there for the whole year. I'd be shocked if this team's not in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, I I mean, I'll refrain from ranking them where I have them for now, but needless to say, I, I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, outside of Chicago, there's, it's, there's so much that can happen. So, yep. yeah, let, let's go to five. Okay, number five, I have the Dallas Stars. Mm. I, uh, I have them, uh, you know, obvi- obviously fifth. That's... Uh, I mean, they're they're going to be close. Um, actually, should I refrain from my wild card for now, or just what? Uh no, you you can you can you can give the wild card. Well, I I see I see them coming fifth in that division, and yeah. I see them just falling short in the wild card. Right. Uh, like they're literally the team looking in. Um, I, I like the coaching change. I think it's going to be more fun for the players there. I think they're going to be more loosey-goosey, which is certainly going to help guys like Spezza and Atrishkin. And you're still going to get the same. You're still going to get the same, uh, you know, quality from guys like Ben and Sagan and Radulov. Um, and then you know, the the goaltending is is solidified now with Kudobin. The only good things Jimmy Nil has only done good things with this team over the off season. I just. Uh, Again, it's it's more so a, a fact of this division being so strong uh, than than this, uh, you know. I, I, it's more so that the strength of the division, and less so, you know, how poor the Dallas Stars are. That's that's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, yeah, uh, yeah. My number five, the Dallas Stars. Okay. And I I have them also just missing out on a wild card spot, but I I think we see this team a bit differently. Um, I I don't have see w- w- when I look at Colorado you could you could make the argument they're a one line team same with Dallas but I I actually like Colorado's scoring depth more than Dallas because I think I just think Spezza's washed up I I think he's uh he's he had a very poor year last year and I, I think I don't see it improving that much I also look at Nachushkin and and the number the solid raw numbers he put up in in the KHL they're not that great. He he doesn't yeah. he he excited me before, and now that I like he's developed and he's gotten older, and now it's just like this is all you've got to show for this. That yeah. that's kind of how I look at the guy. So I don't know they they might break up that top line and maybe that'll help something, but I don't know. I I just don't see it quite. I see Dallas as they're close, but I don't see it quite getting them there. 
Yeah, no, I, I just I, I have trust in this coaching staff. I have trust in the fact he'll be able to rejuvenate those two guys you mentioned in Spets and Nutrishkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came he came from Den- Denver University and he was one renowned as one of the better NCAA coaches in the league. And he's not going to be as structured as Hitchcock, and he's not going to be as you know demonstrative of a presence as Hitchcock. So I don't know. I, I think with a new voice there, you're going to see more of the Dallas we came to know the year before uh, mm-hmm. Hitchcock arrived which was, you know, a more loosey-goosey, fun team that you can watch light the lamp up on Game Center on a given night, you know? And, and And not, not be so concerned with where they are and their structure and their, and, and their, and their you know, defense in their own zone. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 have, I have faith in this team. I just, I, I think this division's just too strong for them. Mm. Okay. Number four. Number four, I have the Minnesota Wild. And yeah. I have the Minnesota Wild taking up the last wild card spot. Mm. So, uh, like I said earlier, don't need to talk too much about this. I, I see, I see their depth. I think their depth is better than Dallas and Colorado from a forward perspective, a defense perspective, and a goaltending perspective. And then, you know, uh, when I match them up against, I mean, yeah, that that's as much as it gets. I I, I don't think they have the the talent level is a Winnipeg and Nashville or St. Louis, but I certainly see them being a more, you know, years to come, but just for this year, they are a more complete team than Dallas and Colorado. Mm. I have uh, in my four spot, I have Colorado avalanche and uh, grabbing that last wild card spot as well. Um, this, uh, I think we're, we're very much underrating uh, a, the goaltending, which is, has the potential to be fantastic. Like in terms of goaltending depth as a one-two, they're 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 up there with I'd say top ten in the league goaltending depth. Varlamov, it, he's he's been fantastic. But and, it's still a question. It yeah, goaltending goal, goaltending into a season shouldn't be a question. And and with Dubnik, it's no longer a question. He consistently puts up quality numbers. You can draft him in fantasy leagues knowing what he's going to give you. And so it, it, there's almost a comfort level knowing that he's there. Plus, you got the Hamburger as a backup. So oh God. I'm sorry, Kyle. He, Come on. He's, he's transferred over from Colorado. He left <laughs> Colorado because he knew Minnesota's a better team, and that's why Minnesota's going to get into the playoffs. I don't know, man. I I, I see <laughs> Varlamov as uh, equal, if not uh, a little bit better than uh, than Dubnik over there. And then Varlamov I see I see Grubauer. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come okay. on. Like he was so fantastic last year. Now the year before that doesn't count, but like, this guy's got a a good, pretty good career behind him. Um, what about the team in front of him? The, I th- okay, yeah, I I think uh, the defense we're underrating as like they're one of the better offensive defense in in the entire league. Barry put up stupid, stupid I agree. numbers. I agree. I agree. John Johnson is that balancing, shutdown, calming, tough presence. Um, that guy uh, Zadorov, he's a nasty piece of work. Oh yeah, just nasty. Get him uh, in your hits leagues. We we talked about Gerard as uh, as just uh, in terms of raw talent, he's uh, extremely he's he's up there with uh, some of the best young D in the game. Uh, he and he he put on about seventeen pounds over the summer. Wow. So I'm really excited for him. Um, yeah, like I, I, and then, and then the forward depth. I, I think I, like I said, I like I like the forward depth better than Dallas, and I think that top line can can simply out outdo teams on their own on on given nights, and I and I think that'll be uh, 
that'll be a big part of it. But I, I think you're going to see something out of Jost and Kerfoot and, and the solid but not fantastic, not great uh, third and fourth line as well. Yeah. Plus, this team's got all the character you could ever ask for, and that means something. They got a character, but I, I just don't think I don't I don't even think it's a debate as to forward versus forward. I, I see the first line being something that Minnesota doesn't have. Okay, fair enough. But then not, not by a mile though. Not by what, a just, mile. Like like what? The just the first line or just just the our, first line compared to first line. Yeah, not by a while. Like Colorado has a better first line. You know that that yeah. that we can agree on. But I think when you look at lines one to four. It's not even a debate. It, the, the Minnesota Wild are a better team. Coyle and Greenway, Granlin and, uh, and Niederreiter, those guys are all guys who can play on a second unit. Whereas Colorado, you know, you got other than Kerfoot and, Kerfoot and Yost, the rest of the guys are just, you know, they're they're three and four four liners. Whereas mm-hmm. with with Minnesota, you have guys who could be on your second line, ultimately on your third line, and so that that depth is just is just so good. I agree. Yeah. The forward depth is, yeah. Can't, can't disagree there with, uh, mm-hmm. with Minnesota. I just, yeah, I just don't see it with them. It'll be, they'll be close in the standings. I have, I have them at six and Colorado at four, but they'll, they will be close. Mm-hmm. This, it's just the nature of this division. It's, it's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be so it's gonna fun. Be fun. It's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's, let's go to three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I, I think at this point we have the same three. So I'll just go. How about I go with the order here? Sure. I we might have a little bit of, of a difference, but yeah, go with the order. Okay. So yeah, no, I and I, I anticipate a difference here, but for me, it's Nashville one. I, I I think you know you might think they suffer from the same thing Tampa does, which is they may take it a little easy because they're such a deep team that they may not get the number one seed. Mm-hmm. But I still I still see them being so complete. And, and, and so great. Uh, no other team is, is close to this team in this division. And then, uh, and then I got St. Louis two and I got Winnipeg three. I got St. Louis two because I'm super high on St. Louis. And, and I think on paper, they're arguably the best team in the league. Um, they just need that goaltending and they need Mike Yo to kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together and, and solve this miserable power play and, hmm. and, and kind of stop these off this offensive woes with this team. And then Winnipeg, Hey, great year last year. I, I talked about how much I like the team. I just think, you know, I expect a little bit of a regression. I think we talked about that uh, with Wheeler, and I think that'll kind of carry over to the whole team as 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 a whole. You know, you had a lot of guys who had career years, and historically, guys just don't keep up those numbers. So expect mm-hmm. a little bit of a regression from Hellebuck. Expect a little bit of a regression from Wheeler. Um, you know, maybe some other guys on that team, Kyle Connor, maybe expect a regression from him. He kind of played out of his, out of his mind as a rookie last year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I've, I've got them pegged in, in that third slot. Yeah. We have completely different answers here. Cool. (laughs) I'll, yeah, I'll go one, two, three here. Um, number one, and this I found interchangeable with, with two, I have number one is Winnipeg. Okay. Um, yeah, re- regression in that, but uh, I think uh, they got a, a taste of almost going all the way last year, and this is going to be a hungry, hungry team. And then add on to that, everything you mentioned uh, and everything we mentioned when we talked about them earlier, uh, just just monsters in each position. So I think that that's enough to propel them to number one in the central, and and they're going to be they're going to be hungry. 
Nashville's also going to be hungry. They they have uh, they have obviously that that defense core. I, I am a little worried about Rene, even though he had such a great year last year, mm-hmm. just because of what I saw from him in the playoffs. Um, so that that's kind of a question in my head, but I'm sure he's going to be perfectly fine, and I'm sure again Saros is going to see some more games than last year, but. Yeah, just the forward depth puts them just below Winnipeg for me. And then uh, St. Louis, not far behind at all with, uh, again, that stacked, stacked roster and the D and then the one thing Jake Allen it ruins it for me for I putting agree. them in the top two. So he, I, yeah. he blows it for me. And uh, other than that, like if you put if you put Hellebuck on St. Louis, I, I put him as number one for sure. Yeah, that would uh, uh, that would make the world a difference. Sure. So yeah, Al- I just Alan, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, he's he's been a he's been a punching bag of mine for quite a long time. I know you you like to get him. He's a shitty fantasy. goalie. He's a he's a shit goalie. <laughs> he is he is technically a not sound goaltender. He looks like a house league goalie on the ice. Yeah. He just he lets goals in that other goalies don't let in. I, I've watched him at nauseum. Yeah. Uh, I've had sleepless nights thinking about Jake oh, Allen. Boy. And that uh, awful that game eighty two, he was pretty shit, wasn't he? Clutch, clutch game. Come on, Jake. <laughs> he looked hurt. He looked hurt. He looked hurt at some point in that game. Oh, let's not make but, excuses uh, here. Yeah. But anyways, no, I, I think goalie aside, that team is one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. And uh and and I, I personally think he will be decent. He won't be a pile of shit, but he also won't be this new rejuvenated goalie because Jake Allen is what Jake Allen is, even with the help of Martin Brodeur, who by the way is no longer there. He he right. left his position. So yeah. his his it's kind of big daddy won't be there to cheer him up when he's had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, uh I think he'll be good enough, and that's why I have them uh, pegged in at number two. Cool. Um yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Solid all round central division. Oh, it's so fun. Be, it's gonna be one to watch. I'm, a I'm super fired up, and you know me, Nick. I don't usually watch uh, the West. Definitely not as much as the East. Mm-hmm. I do watch it on on occasion, but um, this is a division I'm gonna keep keep my a close eye on for sure. Because yeah. it's gonna be there's gonna be some blood near the end of this season. I'll tell you that. Yeah, there's gonna and- be some hate. And not all of those six teams we mentioned can can have decent records. Like I like mathematically, one of those six is going to have to have like a pretty bad year. Yeah. So I, I'm curious which one is going to have a dismal year because they all have such high expectations. You yeah. know, like Colorado, you have high expectations after just making the playoffs for the first time in a while. Uh, or I guess they did make the playoffs with Patrick Waugh, but no one saw them making the playoffs with uh, with the whole tumultuous situation with Duchesne. And mm-hmm. then you have Dallas, new coaching staff, star-studded uh, top line, uh, Minnesota, a, a perennial Stanley Cup uh, contender, mm-hmm. and then you know Winnipeg, St. Louis, and Nashville, which we've talked ad nauseum about. So one of these teams is going to have a pretty miserable year, and it's going to be pretty fun to see which one it is. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, Chicago. We don't, uh, yeah, don't yeah. show them any love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're sorry. We don't, we don't. We don't have faith. But hey, if you surprise us, then uh, we're all for it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what hey, happens. They, they had their cups, anyways. They don't. They need had their any, cups. They don't need any more. They up and up until last year, they hadn't missed the playoffs uh, since the what is it here? I think it was the 2007-2008 season. So that wow. that's that's amazing. Yeah, they they've had a great run and and we should applaud them. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I don't think their time is this coming here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that's uh, I guess that wraps up the central. 
yeah, that just about does it for uh, episode three here on the uh, Rink Moose podcast. And uh, we will be back for episode four where we, where we will uh, wrap things up with the final uh, division, the Pacific Division. And then after that, stay tuned for our fantasy special where uh, Kyle and I will be ranking uh, our top 10 fantasy assets from each position. So goaltender, center, mm -hmm. left wing, right wing, defense, as well as going into our sleepers, busts, and, and all that fun stuff. So stay for tuned for that. But yeah, very fired up. So stay tuned for that. Um, but first, uh, anticipate our finale next episode for the Pacific Division. So until then... Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we will uh, we are excited for the next episode. So stay tuned. See you next time. See ya.